This week on Trek Mary Kill. Gorn, Gorn, Gorn. Next. Trek Mary Kill. Hi, I'm Brian. I'm Kristen. Welcome to Trek Mary Kill, a Star Trek podcast that never, ever speaks in plain English. <laughs> this week we're talking about the fourth episode of Strange New Worlds first season, Memento Mori. Written by Davy Perez and Bo DeMeo, directed by Dan Liu, and it premiered on Paramount Plus May 26, 2022. Kristen, uh, I've watched this now multiple times, and I definitely saw it when it came out. I'm going to assume this is your first experience with this episode, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I liked it, actually. Like, a lot is happening, but oh, yeah. it feels very Star Trek to me. Uh, quick synopsis the Enterprise is on a they're bringing an air filter to this this colony, and uh, when they get there, all the colony is gone, and it looks like a lot mm-hmm. of people were killed, and it turns out it was all yeah, an elaborate it, ruse. It very much looks like a lot of people were killed. Yes. And uh, it turns out it's Laon's, Lieutenant Laon Noonien Singh's nightmare. The Gorn are back, and they're the mm-hmm. ones that brutalized this colony. And they've set up this big uh, trap to get the Enterprise. And just by the skin of their teeth, the Enterprise escapes into this brown dwarf, which is orbiting a black hole. This gave me a headache. <laughs> and basically, it's a cat and mouse game between the Enterprise and the Borg, or and the Gorn, not the Borg, mm. uh, for the whole episode. And we split off into some other mini storylines. Ohura is trapped in uh, the cargo bay with Lieutenant Hemmer and... Um, Una is dying in sickbay and because of all the damage to the ship, there's no like fancy Star Trek technology to help her. And then on is just basically having a meltdown the whole episode and yet somehow maintaining her position. Yeah, she's not. I wouldn't say she's having a meltdown. Okay, she's she's straight. She's she's going through it. Yeah, that's right. For good reason. (laughs) I think anyone in that position. Would react at least as strongly and so it requires the crew working together to get through this uh this this ordeal and um it also takes place around something called made up for this episode in star trek called starfleet remembrance day where everyone (laughs) wears a pin remembering dead comrades uh that they've served with um and laon's is her brother's who helped her get through the, her initial Gorn helped her survive the Gorn. And of course that memory of surviving the Gorn with her brother's help is what unlocks the, it's the key to the episode at the end. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I picked out three episodes from other Star Trek series that this one pays homage to, <laughs> I guess you okay. could say. Wrath of Khan, mm-hmm. obviously, um, yeah. at the one-on-one, one-on-one in sort of the gas cloud. An episode from Deep Space Nine called Starship Down, literally about the Defiant going deeper and deeper into a gaseous planet where the the gravitational forces and the pressure is crushing the ship, mm-hmm. trying to escape the Jem'Hadar. Yeah, I, I, I definitely remember this type of storyline about the ship possibly getting crushed. And is that where it's from or has it been in other? I mean, I think it's been in other episodes. Yes, yeah, so Starship I mean, it's mentioned Down, a lot, like, oh, we get too close to this, we're going to be crushed to death. Yep. And then it's got an element of disaster in it, the Next Generation episode, if only because it's 
instead of Crusher and Jordy in the cargo bay with um, with an escalating problem they have to solve, it's uh, it's Cadet Uhura and Lieutenant Hammer. So uh, just the things while I was watching it the very first time that jumped out at me. And also the Enterprise pilot that we watched where Enterprise is basically descending down into a pressure like a gas giant, I think, as well. And like trying to survive depth charges from... Um, from the Sulaban. And so it's kind uh-huh. of not, there's no depth charges in this one. The Gorn are basically after them. And obviously the Gorn were featured. Well, there kind of is. I mean, like they drop that. I mean, the enterprise drops. Oh yeah. The enterprise, this on the enterprise on the other end of things. Yeah. that's. True. But they do it. Like they sack the Gorn sacrifice a ship essentially just to locate them. Yeah. This episode is like the same like- kind of idea, but yes. whatever. I digress. <laughs> no, we're all about digger- digressions here. Digress, digress. <laughs> uh, one digression here is is how it expands on the Gorn uh, from what we knew of them from literally one appearance in the original series in Arena. Famously, it's a dude in a rubber mask walking very slowly and making some very basic lizard sounds. And Kirk mm-hmm. has to fight him one on one. And I think it's the Metrons. They've captured Kirk and the Scorn captain. And they're like, you two are savage. You should just fight to the death. And whoever wins, <laughs> we won't destroy your ship. And um, and Kirk, basically, uh, the, the solve of that one is Kirk realizing, hey, maybe these guys who destroyed this entire planet, maybe they're not monsters. Maybe we were encroaching and maybe I'm not seeing things from their perspective. So I'm not going to kill him because he has the chance to at the end. And, um, and so... Akiva Goldsman's like, I want the Gorn to be the big bad of Star Trek Change New Worlds. And so that's what is motivating all this. So we're learning a lot about the Gorn that we didn't know before. And they like to click. Yes. For all of our ASMR fans out there. For all the what? The ASMR fans out there. It's going to be clicking my. Didn't give me any tingles, unfortunately. Yeah, I also have a, a candy in my mouth, too. Just. <laughs> So you're ready. You're ready to do yeah. the, fig, the fig click. That's little. Or, or like the people who have that thing where it like grosses them out. Oh, right. So either in either case. I'll just be heavy be on the. Uh, yeah, I'll do some background <laughs> editing there on the audience. <laughs> so, yeah. So the Gorn are the big bad of Strange New Worlds. And this is sort of their official introduction into that. There's a lot of discussion in the episode about, oh, well, there have been stories about the Gorn, but no one's ever really seen them before. It's like a myth. And then mm-hmm. Lon is like very clear, like the reason why no one said that they've seen the Gorn is because they don't survive the encounter. And the whole mm-hmm. setup is basically her fear of having to face them again because she's certain it means death. And it's kind of the idea that there's it's like set up at the beginning and then it kind of gets dropped in the middle and then brought back at the end. I, I like that idea as an episode uh, or as her emotional journey in the episode. I think it kind of ends on a strong note in that regard. Um, so you mentioned fig in the click, the little girl with the clicking sound. Mm-hmm. That just made me think all the pop culture ideas that this episode, let's say borrows from to, to put it all together. Little kids making creepy noises to describe monsters it's pretty standard right that's a pretty mm-hmm. we've seen that before also do you think they shot the little girl doing the noise and then had a re like record something that sounded like that or do you think they played it for her 
Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't find that. It didn't sound very yeah. similar. That's yeah. why I'm actually like, <laughs> oh, it didn't match your mouth. Yeah. Well, to me, it wasn't very impressive. Like, there wasn't anything very memorable about it. It would have been better if she just said I recorded it and just played it back yeah. on like a speak, like one of the like mm-hmm. little. I was playing order. with my tablet, and yeah, that would have been that would have been better. Yeah, but just because the little girl doing it didn't quite do it, didn't sell it um, on the bright corridor of the Enterprise. It <laughs> mm-hmm. sound like this, and they're like, "Okay, <laughs> yeah, okay." She might as well have meowed. <laughs> but this is one where it's a very classic, as you said, Star Trek episode where it's the crew pushed to the limits, the ship pushed to the limits. There's not quite a lot of direct battling. It's a lot of running and hiding, but there is some Star trek strategy going on here. And in that sense, I think that's why a lot it, it got a lot of people on board with the show when it first first came out and I definitely was one who was against it when it first came out because my recollection was it's a lot of what we talked about last week where it's a lot of and then and then and then and then happen and it kind of Mm -hmm. muddles what the episode's about well there are some things I mean I mentioned in the grades although I didn't really do a hot job um but just (laughs) as a preview there's there's a fair amount there's a fair amount of things that just happen off screen and I was like, why is this happening off screen? And it's because there's so much in this episode, you literally could not have scenes on, have certain things on screen. It's like, oh, this happened. Okay, all right. And it's like, that usually would have been a scene, but I guess not. It's just bizarrely constructed. Just the Enterprise is already on its way to this planet. So the idea that the Gorn would have to create some reason to lure the Enterprise there kind of falls flat to me it does if like the ship's already on the way and then when they get there it's like so then the gorn have captured most of the crew to like feed them to their young is the implication mm-hmm. um and then put the rest of them on a ship when they were all unconscious and launch that ship into orbit and then that ship is such that the enterprise can't use the transporter so it has to connect its little space dock thing there mm-hmm. and can't raise the shields which makes it vulnerable to a gorn attack they call it a space tube i forgot i wrote it down hold on but i was like what well i, I like that it makes transport sense right tube. transport yeah tra- tube. they have a transport tube they call it a space tube sorry i thought yeah. <laughs> i was like that would have been great you know what we're calling it the space tube the so they extend tube. the space tube <laughs> and which i, I literally like just looks like one of those tubes you know like those really long buses and they have to be like flexible you know Yes, like something. Um, yeah, the the space tube is not one of the stronger elements aboard the Enterprise. Let's say it's Mm-mm, kind of a apparently. structural afterthought. Yeah, but I like that because they're aboard a ship that has shielding that, like the way the ship's constructed, they can't use the transporter to beam the colonists off. That's fine. I I kind of like that. That works. But just as part of this long ruse for apparently this animal-like race of hunters. And then on Mm -hmm. top of that, the Gorn are hiding, waiting for this to happen. And they're using a holographic technology to sort of hide in plain sight. And it's just like so much just to get to. We're rescuing some colonists and we're attacked by the Gorn. On top of that, we've got the start. This is on the first eight minutes. On top of that, we've got the Starfleet Remembrance Day. We've got a lot happens before the in the cold open. Part of the reason why doing this show and focusing on Stranger Worlds is like, is me having to acknowledge like, okay, the world is different. 
entertainment's different storytelling's different star trek's approach differently fine so the the buy is like we're gonna entertain you we're gonna give you cool shit to either look at not chew on but just to look at and and the bargain we're gonna make is we're gonna throw so much at you that at least half of it's gonna stick what were the cool parts to me in the teaser i mean i guess you know what was the point of all the bloody streaks on the ground it looked cool what was the point of the space arm? It looked cool when the Enterprise got attacked. There's um, a lot of stuff that looks so cool in this episode, yeah. though. I and think like, that's the I thing. mean, I'm fine with it, though. Like, I know you have problem with some of the structure, and like, yeah, some of it's contrived. But it's also um, a show set in space, so I feel like you kind of. Well, I so, mean, at some yes. point, that's Star Trek's the, yeah. been on on and off yes. for like sixty years, and so at some point, they're gonna that's have the, to have some contrived <laughs> scenarios. Yes. Yeah, I guess. I guess we'll just go with it there. <laughs> just, <laughs> just deal with it. But yes, it looked great. Dan Liu did a great job directing it, I I think. Um, and uh, it's cool to see the Enterprise in a fight, usually, I think. And this this yeah. is definitely, it's been a while since we've seen a good Enterprise fight. All mm-hmm. right, let's start with the grades. Okay. All right, great scenes. All right, so not, I wouldn't say it's a great scene per se, but I did note, as you mentioned just now, the amount of blood the on the ground and everywhere that the away party encounters on the planet is like horror movie to the extreme. It is so much blood. Like, I don't think humans have that much blood in them. Like, people, like, there's huge, like, human-sized streaks of blood coming from very far away as they're dragged, I guess, and it's so gory and i just i need to mention it and i don't have anywhere else to put it but and i'm not saying like i love it or don't love it it's just it's noteworthy it's a noteworthy amount of blood and i think like the production designers had a really fun time on this one yeah that that away party scene was so weird because it almost feels like it was added later because all the lines of the people on that planet are looped like there's you never you never see anyone speaking and they're down there so quickly just so briefly they're like literally in the, the it's parking very lot. possible it was a reshoot because then later captain pike says oh or someone says like we need to get the away party back up and then someone just says oh they're back sir yes and then yes. It, like all that's on off screen like that's strange usually you'd you know show them you right. know, and they they find we'll go back to them and go, oh no, you know something, and then I'm like, okay, so like it's very, very possible that's like a reshoot or something that they added later because it doesn't really make a lot of sense with everything else. Also, they left the dog down there, which did they? Oh, there's because again, they're borrowing quote unquote uh, from pop culture, and when things are dark and scary, you can have a dog jump in. It's the cheapest horror trick ever, um, and it's used. If you ever see a dog bark with startle, it's just like, we need a scare here. Like that's literally the producing thought. So there it was. And then not only did the colonists leave them, which is fine because the Gorn put everyone on the ship, but the landing party left them, which unforgivable. So I don't know, Mm. (laughs) but the, I would, I, to your larger point, I think the teaser for the most part is actually pretty great or is, is a great scene. Um, Mm -hmm. It's setting up a lot. I think a lot of people respond to it. The The idea of the Remembrance Day is, I don't know. I don't view Starfleet as a military organization. So kind of like this Memorial Day type thing that they have in here doesn't quite fit for me. But at the same time, mm-hmm. its heart's kind of in the right place. Um, 
I don't know how it directly ties into Laon's thing, but it's still okay. And just the fact that we're with her when she's starting to realize what's going on. And then she's horrified by when she's like, no, it can't be like, she doesn't say that, but you can see on her face, she's reacting to everything. Like, wait a minute. And then she's like, no, it can't be the Gorn. And then it's like, oh shit, it is the Gorn. I thought that all worked pretty well. And it looked cool when the Gorn ship came out of darkness and attacked the enterprise. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that they couldn't get their shields up. I like I like figuring out a way to limit the magic Star Trek technology. Sometimes that's fun. Yeah, my next scene. Um, ooh, forgive me for this one. Um, I just like that Captain Pike was getting all sweaty when the air conditioning broke. Me too. Throughout the whole, <laughs> <laughs> throughout the whole episode. I mean, everyone is eventually sweaty, but he's the he first one you notice it on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just glistening <laughs> on the bridge or in in any scene. Um, but that you know i wrote that down as it happened and then i was like oh he's sweaty the whole time does spock sweat yeah okay oh, so big time okay so spock shouldn't be sweating he's sweating not as much as everyone else yeah but he definitely is because they're like he's half human i'm like eh. but <laughs> well he's sweating in particular on like the shuttle like when they take the the little shuttle um ship which i was like oh there's no air conditioning on that either but well right and and that shuttle is supposed to be ascending from the pressure zone with all the radiation and the pressure Mm -hmm. so you think it'd be getting cooler that that sequence made a a little bit i have to talk about now because i don't know where all the stuff's gonna fit in but another logic bump this is just Kristen, this is what I'm cursed with. This is just when I'm watching it the first time. I'm just like, eyes open. I don't know what to expect. And as the stuff just washes over me, I do a lot of like Captain Kirk with God. Uh, Excuse me. What's this? Like, it just happened. So like the shuttlecraft shouldn't have a stronger hull than the Enterprise. And so the Enterprise is at such a deep depth that it's very close to being crushed. And yet Mm -hmm. the plan is we'll take the shuttle up to see what the Gorn are up to. I'm actually fine with that. But then the idea that they'd come back, I'm like, no, it's the whole point is it's got to be like a one way mission. Right. It's like, yeah. It's and, then, been, and, then, and then they're just like, oh, they're back. Yeah, I'm they're like, back. Oh, no okay. problem. <laughs> no, no problem whatsoever. Didn't run into any problems. I did like the mind meld scene on the shuttle. Oh, yeah, me too. But before that, though, I do like Hemmer and Uhura in the. What is it called? In the cargo bay? Cargo bay. Trying to figure it out and like Hemmer being kind of pedantic. Like I like that scene. Those scenes. Yeah, let's talk about that because I think all the dialogue in those scenes does not like it's very it's perfunctory. It, there's nothing, no character to it. It's all the actor's charm. Yes, making absolutely. Making all that work. Um, I like Hemmer. I liked him. I don't know that you were as on board with him last week. Are you more on board with him this week? Um, this week when he didn't try to transport <laughs> the core of a planet onto the ship and kill everyone. Right. Yeah. 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 I'm more important than this time mm-hmm. when he was willing to potentially sacrifice his life to save the ship. Yeah. I was more on board with him then. So I think Ohura it's, it works for the character and it's great that the actor uh, also Celia Rose Gooding and like it, like she can convey this. She has the charm. It makes perfect sense to me that Ohura would get along with everybody on board the enterprise Right. It just that makes sense. Uh, But what I didn't like was her just being, you know, uh, and the crowd goes wild and uh, yeah, that's for the win. And it's just like, (laughs) uh, 
what's this yeah. only child nonsense? Come on. Because <laughs> like, yes, she's charming, but not annoying. She's not a dweeb. Yeah. Like she's never been portrayed as a dweeb before, has she? I mean, I don't think so. I mean, I think the argument would be sort of like how you said before, this is all Star Trek, so just go with it when it's sci-fi bullshit. It's sort mm-hmm. of like, well, then then people will counter the argument of like, well, when they act like dorks, it's because technically everyone in Starfleet is a scientist. So by definition, they're dorks. That's very silly, though, because like there are astronauts in NASA who are just like really badass because they used to like fly fighter jets and shit like that. So I don't know. Yeah. And also the like, real of- life <laughs> people who go to space aren't all. Yeah, but they're not writing Ding the bats show. And yeah. They're, yeah. Okay. But also... The, the crowd point... goes wild stuff is, like, very... Like... Mm. Cringe? <laughs> it's a little cringe. The only reason it's not, like, full cringe is because the actor is so, I think, like, charming, charismatic, and, like, wholesome and earnest. So charming. So charming. Which but... leads us into the sickbay storyline, which <laughs> is, is a is a lead weight and i can't believe it survived <laughs> we're this is supposed to be great scenes but i like this is getting us into well i have it i have it and i think i have another category All so right. you don't really need to um but i also so other great scenes so the mind melt i loved i also liked the gorn ships signaling each other and how they kind of figured that out it's a little too convenient but it looked very cool. And then also what also looked cool is when um, they open the cargo bay and jettison the uh, air filter and it like explodes into the black, the rings of the black hole. And it looks really cool. Yeah. I have notes. Uh, the whole time hole. I was just like <laughs> looking at it, like this is beautiful. Uh looks amazing. And, and <laughs> you and I both have giant TVs and yeah. And, and I like untreated ADHD. Good. So I'm just like, wow. <laughs> Look at that. It's just blew up right there. It's on so the, the fire. Look at it. Yeah. <laughs> so the mind meld scene is uh is tricky in this sense. Well, first of all, as a device, I like the mind meld. I, I like it in this moment because it starts from well, it I don't like where it actually starts from because because isn't it being used as a tool of like maybe there's something you remember from your childhood trauma that can help us in this particular spot right isn't that what she's kind of insisting can happen and that's a little hokey and then spock even goes to the point of saying just so you know a mind meld is not going to heal you because laon's been trying to shove off that she doesn't need any help but when then once the actual mind melding starts like the actual performance of it Mm -hmm. and then you get into it and the, the the clash of her childhood imagery and her older self and the message that's sort of behind it and recognizing that her brother made the sacrifice and, and tried to help her not be afraid. I didn't think it all worked. It works great. Like it yeah. worked like a freaking charm, Spock. I think but like the warning of like, this is not going to solve your problem is probably something like he's had to say many, many times to many people who just expect it to be like, oh, yes. Well, the thing is, is that I think it's more of like, um, you know, because the people who write the show are all in therapy. So um, that much is clear. <laughs> and so I think they want to convey the idea, like there is no quick fix, except the problem mm. is, is like, it does fix her. Like it does do what it well, says. It doesn't, it doesn't fix her. It, it gets her over a hump. That's fair. Yeah, It, it helps doesn't fix her. her. It, no, it doesn't fix her, but it does help her focus. And she does remember like, Oh, this is what happened. 
I question the logic of her having such a clean memory of his code book because yeah, uh, so that's actually his- <laughs> more of like a subconscious thing. So I don't know if you studied that at all, but supposedly your subconscious can remember a lot of crazy stuff. So it's more of like a hypnosis thing. That's okay. I'll go with that. So if you and didn't I watch am, the episode, I am suspending a little bit of disbelief, but like. It, I don't know. And also, it's a mind meld. It's not something like we know what is going on. Like, we don't know. I agree. I agree with that. I think it's just I get so tired by the end of these episodes of how many things I've had to sort of look over or like ignore that are like, <laughs> wait a minute, that sometimes it can be a little overwhelming in that regard. But I think you're right. But, but also, I watch a lot of soap operas and hypnosis on, <laughs> on soap operas to like remember that, oh, I, it turns out I didn't kill that person um, is used a lot. But so like I'm okay, like I'm fine, and I don't know. Have you ever been hypnotized before? No, you have to have uh, you have to be a what a strong-minded person, and I'm a weak idiot. So no, no. My dad has been hypnotized so many times. Apparently, like I didn't know this until like I was a te- like teenager. <laughs> but we went to like some comedy show and it ended up being like a hypnotist. Oh my, my god! Like, oh yeah, I was hypnotized like so many times. I'm like whoa. <laughs> has your dad ever been like oh again? No, <laughs> just yeah i don't I, but well, some people are way into it and like other people aren't like some people do it for um like stopping smoking and things like that like i oh, yeah. did it for a while of like just trying to calm my ass down because i was like so high strung for a while when i was like in my mid-20s but it was just like i would mostly just fall asleep so it wasn't like super super effective but it can be very effective for a lot of people i also Also placebo effect yes yes (laughs) if you think it's gonna work it's gonna work also spock seems like a cool dude so if he's trying to help you out it probably helps you a lot oh my god i want to mind battle with spock so bad it'd be so much fun that sequence also has the reveal that uh Mm -hmm. discovers that michael burnham that he has a sister so it ties into discovery yeah, um, it gets a little too real for Spock, I think. Yes. And yes. so he's like, we got to end this. Mm. And that, that my feelings. Mm. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> She's like, there is no record of uh, you having a sister. And Spock goes, that's right. <laughs> Conversation over. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it, for me, it was like, OK, old Star Trek, new Star Trek. This is the this is the fulcrum or the tipping point. And it's sort of like I have come into the show expecting this to be a reboot of Star Trek, essentially. And so on that plain level, I'm like, this is great. This is exactly how you want to hint at something without spilling, tipping it too much. But the idea of Spock having a sister just remains an infuriating idea in general, but not for the show. For this show, it's great. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But so that the other part of that sequence was. The Gorn seem like a very um, inefficient space going race. Mm-hmm. I don't know how their technology works, if they're willing to blow up so many yeah. ships. Or like, can they, <laughs> they apparently cannot look out a window at any point either. That's right. That's right. Incapable uh, of it. it. It is weird. The emotional stuff that this episode was really pushing, I think really works. The Laon stuff, I think works. And I think the Uhura stuff pretty much works which is why the una stuff with no emotion is very strange and we'll get to that so (laughs) uh best trek tropes yeah so again i put 
Ohura did the homework. I mean, in the very beginning, when Hemmer's like, what are we delivering? She's like, an air filter. And then he's like, oh, it's not an air filter. And then she like gives him the actual like explanation of what it is. It is an air filter, by the way. She literally, he literally said the line like he was daring you to jump into the screen and mm-hmm. say, he says like, oh, you, these cadets never do the reading or something. And, and I'm like, like oh. mm-hmm. our girl Ohura has done the, the homework. How dare you, Hemmer, even. <laughs> even imply. Even yes. suggest, <laughs> even imply, infer, and group her in with the rest of the cadets. <laughs> okay, I my Star Trek nerd note was this. I'm fine. I understand what the air filter winds up being like. It's the purpose and all that stuff. But to me, what would have been cool, what would have been the coolest idea was if Ohura was either driving. See, I'm even giving the writers the thing they want to do, which is like Ohura's perfect and everyone she's telling everyone what to do and blah, blah, blah. It's like if she was the one like wanting to work on the communication system, because there's an episode in the original series where she's like Spock's like, you know what? Ohura knows how to work the subspace radio. She knows how to even fix it. You know, like she knows the ship and it just it would have been fun if we had seen it there where she's like, well, if I'm going to be using the comm station at all, I might as well know how this thing works. And Hemmer mm-hmm. is like, no one ever pays attention to the subspace relay or something like that. That's all. That was a, that was my only thing. I'm like, oh, that would have been cool. But whatever. We still got to go. A cool thing. Then. Um, all right. I have only one. Do you have any more best trick tropes? Yeah. So, I, I mean, we can't raise the shields because of the transport tube. Like there's an actual reason. Yeah, that was good. And it I, makes sense. Yeah. Yep. And then not just like, oh, but we can't because of some tech pr- problem or whatever, like some techno babble. It was like, well, this physical thing that we're having people physically walk, this little bridge that we've extended that people are physically walking across. We can't raise shields because we have that thing out. Um, and then I also have, oh, the bridge is shaking a lot. So, you know, it's <laughs> Do you like their? Um, do you like the way they do the red alert because it's sort of refiltered in a way that's yeah. more subtle? Yeah, and also like it was called for. Oh yeah, no, you needed the. Like, red it wasn't alert. just like oh, immediately we're uh, yeah. Uh, and then also I put mind meld. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yes, this isn't mine, but you just made me think about this. I do like the idea of everyone's working together. It's yeah. such a hokey thing, but I like. Ensign Kyle, that little that little wimpy guy who runs the transporter, <laughs> like trying to actually pick Poor someone up and carry him out, I thought was really was really great. I I thought it was a nice moment yeah. for him. Yeah, the whole crew is like just like this is a crew. They're working together. Yeah. Look at us. We're doing yeah, exactly. it. Exactly. Look at these sleek young Canadian extras wearing Starfleet <laughs> Star Trek uniforms. <laughs> Uh, but the one that I had picked was naming near suicidal maneuvers after the captain calling for them. In this case, the Pike maneuver. Yeah. Um, uh, so that I don't quite remember. It was like, we're going to, we're basically going to use the black hole to slingshot off of, yeah. uh, to get away, mm-hmm. which is a suicidal idea, but yeah, there we go. Yeah. Worst I mean, you could maybe put Pike's suicidal ideas as a Trek trope, I guess. So he, Okay, so then that's yeah, I guess so. He basically several in this one. He is warned that the Enterprise is going to be facing forces it's not they never say designed for. Basically like the ship's going to be in a lot of peril by going more into this gas giant going towards a black hole and he's like the Enterprise can take it. And like, yeah, I, I believe in Enterprise. Enterprise. Yeah. And he does it 3 times and I'm like rule of 3, man. 
<laughs> tempting fate on the second one. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Also, that seems more like a, a Kirk thing where like the Enterprise is a person to him. But I don't know. It, it it was fine. It worked here. But just the the Pike maneuver, calling out the maneuver uh, as a Trek trope. Uh, they don't do it so much that it gets annoying. And I liked it here. So Pike should have a maneuver named after him. Damn it. Yeah. Worst Trek tropes. Um, yeah. So I have the the in quotes archaeological medicine. So Nurse <laughs> Chapel, we learn, is very interested in archaeological medicine, which means she knows how to maybe, maybe, we don't know, sew stitches, which is like something you absolutely learn in medical school. Like you need to know how to learn. I don't care like how many cool inventions you have. It's like insane that no one that that's not something that everyone knows how to do in like a nurse or a doctor. Yeah, I don't. I didn't buy the the whole sick bay storyline. Yeah, the whole sick bay storyline is like, well, we can't. We we're running low on supplies, and we can't make any more. Here's my theory because I'm I'm drawing I'm calling it out right now, and that is Rebecca Romaine's appearances in the rest of the season are. There's a big question mark on if she block shot all of her, if not most of the season, all of the season. And so she couldn't be like, she's not on the bridge in situations where she should be on the bridge. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering if this is like a way, this is just something they had to put her in because they had her and all that stuff. But like literally last week, we, we had just seen where she, we found out she had magic blood and healing properties. And, and now she's felled. Now she doesn't. Shrapnel. Now, now she doesn't. And mm-hmm. the idea that her blood couldn't help other people or that they'd have blood that could even help her. Um, it's it's a bizarre thing. <laughs> it's just like a bizarre story that doesn't fit with what we just learned about the character. And all we come of it is like she's willing to sacrifice herself to save some other crew members by like not not being surgically operated on. I, I don't know. And I think it's weird that Mabenga and Chapel, for the most part, are just standing around the same sickbay bed whenever yeah. we see them, like together. Um, so I just don't get it. I, I feel like they don't know what they're doing quite with those characters in this moment. Uh, any other wor- worst trick jokes? No, I've only put all that, like, a lot of stuff's happening off screen, but, like, as I was watching the episode, I learned why that was the case because there's, it's only got to be an hour. We can't, <laughs> we can't be here for three hours. So that's why. Um, so I don't know if I'd call it a a Trek trope. That's just a thing of this particular episode. Um, do you have any more than than those, though? I mean, I've kind of been shit talking this episode. The whole time. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I don't dislike this episode, though, so I should probably... I mean, I guess I'm giving it away, but I... Yeah, I don't think there's, like, enough wrong with this episode for me to be like, oh, no, I hate it. But, like, as a worst Trek trope, I don't really have one that stands out strong like the well, enterprise they, they only they only called out shield percentages one time oh right they have the shield percent they call out twice shield percentages oh, that's, twice? that's a okay. that's a given um you know I like remember my, one when it was at 40 percent there was a 60 percent as well oh um, okay <laughs> I missed that one. which again we have we can't raise the shields because of the space arm the space tube and then when we come back from the opening credits the shields are up you know what I mean? It's just like yeah. just stuff like that. We're having to constantly just, okay, what happened to the not raising shield? Well, they must have done it and all that stuff. It's like you said, it happens off screen. Must have got everybody. But it's just like, yeah. okay, so then what's the, okay, now we're on to the next thing. Okay, fine. So that's called out by Crewman Zuniga. 
and I, I have him later. So that's why I forgot to mention it there. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to say, you know, what? we talk so much in our next generation episodes about there being next generation specific tropes. Uh-huh. Can, can I uh, uh, nominate a strange new worlds trope? Yeah. Making um, uh, Ortega suck. Mm. <laughs> reducing her to quips and and negging yeah. everybody she's in for some reason she's in the briefing room scene there's a briefing room scene after they kind of collect their bearings make it a damage report and the situation's dire and the whole time she's just saying no we can't do this or we get this is that or what are we gonna do oh we can't do that and then the rest of the time she's making basically really hammy jokes or quips the rest of the time and i just want to point out the actor playing her looks fantastic and she's got a good like energy. And so it's not her. It's not, it has nothing to do with her. It's just how she's written. And so it's just like bad trope. I just, yeah. I don't think they figured her out no. at all. So Yeah. She's not the spunky mascot basically. And even if she was the spunky mascot, she's not even being spunky and positive. She's being yeah. very like negative. It's bizarre. And you can see the actor has like a very chipper outgoing persona and then it's not what she's saying is like incongruous with how she appears and behaves. It's, it's very strange. All right. Most of it's time quality. Well, um, dialogue, obviously. Um, so Ortega says into a gas cloud of death. Why not? Um, just stuff like that. I mean, we've already talked about this every single episode we've yeah. spent on this one is like the dialogue. Um, yeah, I mean, just that kind of stuff. Like, we've already talked so much about, like, the hair and the clothing and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, I guess I could also put that opening scene with all the blood and gore. That's very of this time. Like, horror films are kind of a big deal. So, um, yeah, that too. I kind of think the the Remembrance Day is sort of a faux military yeah. Memorial Day thing. You know, respect the troops kind of idea. I think that's of its time. Yeah. Um, I think... And then the other two I had were, oh, on that same note, this is one of the other two I had. That had to have been a network note after Kyle is pushed through the bulkhead as the door is closing. Mm-hmm. That the guy he was trying to save, who was too injured to make it the rest of the way, and the doors close. We get that shot of him getting like exploded yeah, by like shrapnel or something. Yeah. That had to have been a network note saying like, it's too sad if we see the doors close and think he's alive. He, it has to be clear he would have been dead anyway. So that was, I feel like that was a real big cheat and it really ruined the whole drama of the situation. It was like, oh, he's already dead. He yeah, died. like, oh, there's a guy trapped behind there. Yeah. Um, and then using, like, straight up just ripping off the black hole visual effects from Interstellar. Oh, I haven't like, seen Interstellar. Oh, so Interstellar did something quite amazing. They took all the light data that astronomers had gathered from a, a black hole or several they pl- visual effects people plugged it into a computer christopher nolan took that to like a black hole scientist and said hey we took all your data we put into our our computer software that creates you know like captain america or iron yes. man <laughs> <laughs> and we want you to like kind of give us a thumbs up or thumbs down if you think we're close on the visualization and when they showed him i guess the astronomer was he like gasped he's like yes that's what a black hole would look like <laughs> to an outside observer and it's the same exact uh, i would not be surprised if someone who worked on that team worked on the stranger worlds team so is it's that so a- similar now kind of like more accepted like in the scientific community of what it would look like though like i th- yes. like so yes. like 
you know how like NASA will sometimes release like, oh, here's a a rendering or here's what this faraway planet looks like. And like, I cannot tell you how long it took me to realize that they just have an artist do it of what they think it looks like. Yeah. They don't actually weird. have like a picture of it. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's amazing that they could see that. And then like, like here's an artist rendering. I'm like, well, da, 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 da. these are all paintings. And I mean, they're not paintings anymore, but they used to be paintings. Well, so like any of the cool can... like imagery you see for yeah. the most part, unless it says this is from such and such telescope, like the actual yes. image. Yes, it's, it's, they just have some guy draw it. Or, well, or this girl, is this, well, in this case, it's a computer drawing it. But yes, it's, yeah. it's, it's, and it's I was the like, concept. It took me so long to realize that. Like, I want to say I realized that like a year ago. And I was like, oh, I like this cool stuff that NASA was looking at. And I'm like, oh, wait. <laughs> like, any idiot could just draw that and be like, look what I saw. But yeah, I mean, but like, then it has to know. get stamped by the scientists for the approval being like, yeah, that's what yeah, I'm like that's what it probably look like. Yeah, yeah, it's probably a green planet. We don't know. Maybe it's <laughs> purple. How about purple? Uh, uh, the gases on that planet will probably make it look purple. Yeah. I guess. Like if you happen to be just like, you know, right next to it. <laughs> so those are the definitely two of its time qualities. If not for interstellar, they would not have visualized the black hole in that way. Which, to be absolutely one hundred percent clear was fucking cool in strange new worlds yeah. if you saw interstellar climax so, yeah i want to see interstellar it. but my um husband told me i'd hate it so oh i saw it in imax because and everything i see in imax even if it's a bad movie i still kind of like because i'm just mm. so overwhelmed by the visuals and you go through a black hole in interstellar and it's amazing it's amazing um the rest of the movie sure don't know Oh, okay. Can't vouch for the rest of that movie as being like totally enjoyable, but okay. Um, no. <laughs> but if I see it on like HBO Max, I should just watch maybe it check probably. it out. At least make sure if it's early enough in the movie, stick around for when they go through the. Well, the it's black like wall. a streaming thing. I don't. Yeah. Now we move on to the line must be drawn here. <laughs> Great lines. Uh, so at one point, La, La sorry, Laon. Yep. Okay. Which her brother we, says Laan. It's weird yeah, that they let yeah. that go through. Um, so I was I had some problems because I'm like, wait. <laughs> um But she says her own name early in the episode. She goes, Laon to bridge. Yeah, so she ha- she has like a almost like a full pause between the apostrophe and other people don't. So I don't know. Whatever. Um, so she says the enemy doesn't care about my feelings, so I don't bother having any. Now, this is like something that, um, somebody who definitely has a lot of feelings would say. You're totally right. Laon is, is fooling herself, obviously, mm-hmm. but it, it also seems like, is the show going to comment on this bullshit or no, you have to let someone like what's the show seems to be taking a stand when someone's like this, you just have to let them put all of our lives at risk. Or just let him. He's not really putting anyone's life at risk. Well, it's not like the situation with Michael Burnham when she was having a full-on nervous breakdown and like causing mutinies and stuff. Yeah, that's true too. This is just someone who's like, I think this is what's happening. This is like the enemy, and like actually informing everybody what the enemy is like, (laughs) and volunteering for that suicide mission. Yeah, but then in the obs- in the briefing room scene, she gets a little she gets a little melodramatic. She's like, "They're not supernatural, mm. but they are monsters." Monsters, <laughs> the gone are monsters. That's right. 
Uh, okay, keep going with your lines. You're an excellent advocate, by the way, for Lon. That's great. Yeah, um, but so yeah, that is just something that a lot of people will try to fool themselves into believing that they don't have any feelings, but they do. Anyway, um, and then <laughs> Nurse Chapel, my favorite girl, she, <laughs> again, bad at her job. She says that have like having septic shock she says, I hear it's like giving birth out of your mouth. And number one replies, who says that? And she says, I do. <laughs> and it is a weird bedside manner thing. It was a, it's a really fucking weird thing to say to somebody whose life is at risk. It's tough to have so many characters constantly acting like they're too cool for school. You know, that they're using humor or, or or honesty. That's another thing Alon says. She goes, I'll never lie to them. When, she, when it's like, P- Pike says to her, hey, you're making everyone feel like shit. And she's like, tough. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. I, feel, I don't feel anything. But, you know, like Chapel's whole deal is sort of like, uh, I take great pleasure in making people suffer. And I don't apologize for my attitude. If, if you can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve me mm-hmm. at my best. It's kind of the, the through line. And I, it's like, yeah. do, do they An not realize? Interesting thing oh, to say to a co uh, interesting attitude to have with coworkers, by the way, <laughs> to the first officer of the ship. <laughs> I heard it's like giving birth out of your mouth. That is like such a disgusting visual. Like I can like Rebecca remains reaction is perfect. Like she's just like, what the fuck is the matter with you? But between the last two weeks, she definitely has the, I am one of the only adults in the room. <laughs> yeah. They really have done a good job of saying like, be, and it's Anson Mount, Rebecca Romain, and then a bunch of kids. That's really it. <laughs> I also thought it was funny when she was like, oh, well, we only have one bag of plasma yet left and we'd have to give it to you via IV. <laughs> right. And like, oh my God. Like getting an IV started is not fun. I don't know if you've ever had one, but like, it's not fun, but. It's also not that bad. <laughs> no, I, I've had it done, but it's also sort of one of those things where it's like, well, I definitely don't want Nurse Chapel trying to. No, oh no, hell no! It. I want. I mean, the doctor better do it. Like, I don't want her. It's too bad she's the I'd only nurse on the ship. Apparently, they're the only two medical personnel on the entire ship. So, <laughs> yeah, for like almost that, like what eight hundred people or something. Yeah, at least on the other shows, we occasionally see some other nurse. Uh, maybe not in the original yeah. series. Not too the, from on but. the um, and then the next generation, like Doctor Crusher has a whole freaking staff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any other great lines? Uh, not really. I think I just I have a hard time picking them out. But yeah, that was kind of it. So I, I did some stuff that like Pike says I find like interesting and. Oh, stuff, let's hold that. Yeah, let's hold that a little bit because I, I do want to bring that. I th- there's a, the scene with Laon where he's where mm-hmm. he pulls her aside and says, hey, listen. Hey, listen, Storm. <laughs> listen, Storm Cloud. We don't need total sunshine, but you need to stop raining like that. kind of Like we need to have. I want to do that scene in a second. But one of the lines that I had that wasn't a great line. I just like the reaction that it caused is when Hemmer and Uhura are in the cargo bay and he she's like, OK, I, I'll be your hands because his hand's been crushed. Um, it, I didn't like the attitude that they gave him where he's suddenly somehow bummed and upset that his hand's broken because uh-huh. in the previouslys when they set up the characters, they talk about his heightened senses, but all they really kind of mean is he's blind, but he can do everything else. But it's like, if he loses, if he loses his hands, 
well, the use of I, his hands. They make an emphasis on how much he uses um, touch. Okay. As a, I'm just following the line. For the blindness. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. follow the line. Yeah. There's two converging ideas here. So her, uh, he has heightened senses, and Ohura isn't sure if she wants to be in Starfleet anymore. It seems mm-hmm. like the turning point is not her being cheerfully like, I'll be your hands, and more like, you'll be my hands. But I feel like there's something, they have some weird issue with chain of command and hierarchy in the show. And like all the suggestions and the motivations to move action are coming from like the younger people who don't have any authority. It, it's weird that it's, it, they just seem weirdly not wanting to order over around, which is very strange yeah. to me. But anyway, um, but he says he, he gives her the instructions on what to do on how to open a panel and, and, and prime the system for what the work they have to do. And she gets so excited. I can't remember if that's the Ohura for the win or the crowd goes wild line. But after she's done, he goes, okay, now we can begin. And then her reaction yeah. going like, now we can begin. I thought, uh, was yeah, great. yeah. I like I, that. Yeah. I like that too. She's like, Oh <laughs> yeah. She does no idea. But also, I will is. say that if I broke my hand and I f- heard that the sick base systems are down and that my fate of my hand was going to be left in the hands of nurse chapel, I would be very upset about it. So <laughs> I would be like, well, you might as well cut it off. <laughs> like i'd be very de- i'd be just as depressed as hammer if not more <laughs> and then the actual I have to go line... see that horrible nurse <laughs> yes. god and the and the doctor that i didn't i don't know this yet but is like put all of our lives at risk in just the previous episode by the way while i was watching this episode saying like wasn't we, we get news that sick bay has been heavily damaged in the attack. Like yeah. their stores were vented into space, essentially, mm-hmm. and all their equipment's down. And I'm like, didn't we just spend a good chunk of the last episode grousing about the sick bay systems? And yeah. his daughter is in there, so she's fine. Yeah, uh, it's she's like, fine. There's <laughs> okay. like no concern. Um, but the line that I had that I actually liked, like a, an actual full line, was La'an's log at the end where she goes today the enterprise encountered the gorn seven of the crew gave their lives but we survived it's a kind of a bad it's a drama trope of like other people dying for your sort of salvation or learning something whatever but i thought it was delivered well and it was a pretty good emotional cap to the episode that was essentially her biggest fear and she's now stepped through the door of her biggest fear and she's on the other side now it's like this big now what Maybe it's just something I could relate to, right? Just something it's like, if you fear this bad thing's going to happen and then it happens and you're still here, now what? Now it changes your whole perspective on things. Um, uh, and also, I guess it didn't, they didn't like hit us over the head with it, but I guess if Captain Pike's like, well, I believe, I believe in Enterprise because I'm not going to die in this, I know. So. Yeah, so that, yes, they. Let's go. Yeah, let's, <laughs> yeah. So the Anton Caridian Award for Best Performance, I'm giving to Anson Mount as Pike, yeah. unless you have, yeah. No, I like, yeah. He doesn't really have like an arc or anything, and he doesn't lean on that idea. And you could have easily have pictured a moment of Spock saying, like, it is logical. <laughs> I I have to believe we make it through this, right? <laughs> because mm-hmm. you didn't imagine this. But they don't do that. And instead, it's I, I don't like Pike being reduced to everyone else. Give me suggestions. I'm just here to give pep talks. He does actually have ideas in this episode. Yeah. But I actually thought the moment after the con- I thought he let La- he gave Lon too long a leash to kind of do her thing in front of everybody. But 
afterward, after the meeting's over, he does pull her aside. It didn't feel like a pep talk. It felt like he was like, I'm going to try one more time to kind of tell her how it should be. And then we'll go from there. Um, and I thought it worked. I thought it was a nice scene. It was well-performed. Great acting. Yeah. Great acting. He's just so good. Sweaty or not. Sweaty or dry. Yeah, sweaty and with the hair. The hair's starting to get a little poofy. I noticed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that was the excess humidity on set. Oh, no. I think I mentioned this last week. It's going to it's gonna keep getting larger. Yeah, yeah, I know. As the yeah. season goes, yeah. <laughs> I don't even um, want to think about what season two is going to be like. But <laughs> Oh, boy. <laughs> Did you um, have any standout moment that you want to highlight or just the sweat? <laughs> no, I mean, I... Um, uh, well, I didn't. I'm not trying to dwell too much on the sweat, but um, I just thought, yeah, he's good, <laughs> and I don't know who else to give it to. I I feel like he's the captain of the Enterprise. Well, I think I do like Spock's performance too. I sorry, I don't know his name in real life, but Ethan Peck. Um, okay, son of Gregory Peck, nephew of Gregory Peck. He nephew can't be his son. His son nephew. died very nephew. famously. I changed it. I edited myself. So. Okay. <laughs> nephew nephew yes um yeah it was good it was good um uh, it's just tough it's it's Leonard Nimoy and everybody else you know it's, yeah it's tough to play yeah uh the Shatner so okay throughout the episode up until we have the mind meld La'an is keeps imagining her brother in various parts on the Enterprise and I'm giving it to this guy because he keeps giving all these weird lascivious smiles to her and then i didn't know that was supposed to be her brother until the mind meld and i'm like Ugh. Oh, like you don't know if he, like, he has like all these sinister looks on his face oh i just thought it was like a stay puff marshmallow or michelin man smile it was weird <laughs> and then like his regular performance was fine like when he actually had a talk but up until then i was like "Ooh, who's this creepazoid we have hanging around on the bridge he was just smiling at her weird I'm giving it to Crewman Zunigas because that guy was like, I have to yell out 60% and I'm 60% like every, <laughs> the the degree he went for it, it, it can't be measured yeah. in American. I wonder if the uh, direction was, okay, we're in a loud, it's a loud environment. So, you know, you're gonna have to, you know, raise your voice so we can hear you. Yeah. He, um, he definitely did that. <laughs> yeah i'm i'm totally willing to like give it to him but the lascivious smile on the on the other guy's face was a bit much well laon had conflicted feelings who knows <laughs> maybe it was good he died who knows yeah. why are you looking what? at me like that <laughs> that's right are you my brother what's going on what's happening yeah <laughs> weird what part of this are they teaching at starfleet academy i assume the gorn stuff no, <laughs> this is my problem with them saying that we're going to make the Gorn the big bad of season one, because you have to then uh -oh. accept that this is a reboot because now you're like they go out of the way to not show what the Gorn look like. Mm -hmm. So we can't see a wise them. choice, I think. OK, why? Because of how he looks in the original series? I think just because it's better a lizard like, guy i think okay. yeah like i think if you have a weird lizard guy it's gonna look weird and i but think just is, like put it just, off until you really have a good idea 
I guess, but it's just it's you're gonna go out of your way to do something to withhold something for some reason. And if you're not familiar with Star Trek, I think it might feel a little weird. And if you are familiar with Star Trek, you know exactly why they're doing it. It's kind of annoying, but all right, that's fair enough. The one I had was probably that technique Spock used to turn a compass into a radar. Yeah, 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 for sure. But like, okay, so they don't teach the Gorn stuff for real, but they should be teaching the Gorn stuff. Oh, yes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's, about that's how they harvest bodies. What should they be teaching? Starfleet well, yeah, like we've done that before of like, well, they're obviously not teaching this. Yeah. Um, they're not teaching sensitivity about <laughs> the Ferengi, <laughs> obviously. Um, <laughs> no. So, but yeah. Quite the opposite, um, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely the Spock turning or making a compass. And, um, you know, they should also be teaching how to do stitches. I think so. Absolutely. Emergency field triage. Yeah. How do you, do you know how to just dig a bullet out of somebody or whatever that was shrapnel out of somebody? Do you know how to start an IV? This is like basic like EMT stuff. Exactly. And, and the computer is not offline, so they can just ask Mm -hmm. the computer how to do it if they're really struggling with it and should have the confidence to go for it i need to squeeze this in somewhere before we we sign off we're almost done all the 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 sounds of the enterprise the little bleeps and bloops and even the Mm -hmm. sound of the ship rattling um this is because i'm such a star trek nerd in 1994 when generations came out they released a, a cd with the score but also on that cd was basically a list of every next generation sound effect all the bleeps and bloops. And they included a stretch of the crash landing sequence from generations, the saucer crash landing. And so I could hear (laughs) all the things from that CD sort of remixed in their sound mix here, all the little bleeps and bloops. And so that was also throwing me (laughs) off in this episode, but I think I'm bringing it up here because of the radar, the sonar thing that they were using. They also went out of their way to use a couple of classic uh, original series sounds, a little bleeps and bloops also from that. And I always like that. The transporter effect, it has the 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 uh, Enterprise transporter beam sound effect from the cage, which is very subtle. And I really mm-hmm. like how they use it there to just differentiate. So I thought that was good. So how would Discovery handle um, this? Oh, I was going to mention, though, if oh. I um, so I have to watch it with closed captioning on because I can't hear stuff but some of the things get in the closed captioning over the dialogue are like things like announcements on the loudspeaker that you can't i can't actually hear so i'm like why it like totally throws me for a loop but i'm sure that's an issue that everyone has with closed captioning but it's like the the strangest announcements in the background of like specific crew members like go here go there and it's like and it's Totally supposed to be background noise. It's inconsequential. It doesn't make any sense with the plot of the show. Yeah. But I'm like reading this and I'm like, oh my God, what, 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 what? <laughs> Take a banana to ask the Yeah, the scene between Hemmer and um, Ohura in the beginning when they're like walking in the hallway had a lot of that. And I was like, uh, uh, stop, 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 stop. Like, I, I don't know if they need to pull back on that a little bit. Yeah, every the time they... Noise. Every time they're walking through a corridor, they're trying to create this reality that, oh, we're on a ship with a lot of people and a lot of stuff going mm-hmm. on. And it can be distracting. That's true. How would Discovery handle this episode? 
Well, we did have a Burnham voice cameo. That's true. <laughs> well, um, the other thing is Discovery has the spore drive, which allows them to basically jump out of the situation, which the uh, the Gorn can't pursue them. So I think mm. they would have just used the the spore drive to jump away and then kind of regroup and maybe jump back and then confront the Gorn and try to figure out what's going on. But And I know you may disagree, but I think Lon handled it a bit better than Michael Burnham did in the pilot of Discovery when she had to confront her own trauma. That's true. Uh, that's in my good, opinion. <laughs> so we have, but okay, let's let's compare those two moments. Lon storms onto the bridge and says, "That's an offensive maneuver, Captain. We need to be on a defensive maneuver. We need to get out of here. This is the Gorn." And then, in the case of Michael Burnham, it's it's Georgiou hearing her out and saying, "Okay, but we're not doing that, right?" And then in Pike's mm-hmm. case, he's more like, "Okay, but you're talking about like a fairy tale, like a a monster, a ghost story." Like, who knows that these are the Gorn? Um, and his is more passive, but he hasn't settled on anything other than passive. And, and Georgiou is very clear, like, Starfleet doesn't fire first. And in this case, mm-hmm. they've already been fired on. And so all she's trying to do is, like, save their asses. So they're almost different situations in, in what's going on. One's in the heat of the battle. But you're right. She didn't handle it better. She didn't hit Pike. She didn't. She didn't try to bust a mutiny, which would have been obviously ridiculous. But... Yeah, oh, so um, then you're saying Burnham would have just staged a mutiny and yeah. taken on the Gorn. Got or it. So, or like had like more of a complete meltdown. Like she had to call home to be like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do. And like that is like she was all over the place in those episodes. All right. Trek, marry or kill Memento Mori. I'm going to give it a trek because I, you know, I was very entertained. I have to say like, yes, there are some issues, but all in all it was Star Trek and um, it felt like Star Trek and it was pretty to look at and lots of stuff happened. Like there was no, there was no point where I was like, oh, this is really boring. I don't want to watch this anymore. Oh, I'm giving it a trek. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Maybe it's not as quite as strong a trek, but it's, it's a trek. I definitely thought especially on the rewatch of uh, just appreciating like this was shot. Well like, I think I like this episode more than the other episodes of the of strange new worlds that we've watched. So I far. think generally this is considered to be the first great episode for a lot of people. Oh, okay. um, so I don't think that's completely, I just, I, I was just so overwhelmed by how much like plot that gets thrown out or just concepts that get thrown out. That mm-hmm. is just, it still makes my head spin, but yes, it looks great. And I actually, this time around, really thought the emotional capper really worked. I, I thought it worked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but now now they've really put it out there that uh, mind melds really can help with your mental health. <laughs> if used correctly. If, if used in if, a... If Spock's doing it, you're okay. Spock is doing it, and you're in a life-threatening situation. You gotta focus. Oh, that, yeah. yes. It definitely didn't work for Michael Burnham, though. Like, no. that did not. No, that did was not. the opposite. <laughs> that was like, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna tell you what happened, but like, also know that this isn't gonna work. <laughs> and do it anyway. All right. We'll be back next week with an all new episode. Thanks for listening. Be sure to rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Trek out, trek out, trek Uh We have all the standings for the episodes, and you can look at our archive. 
and until then, TMK out. Bye.